Hey everyone, and welcome to the Vince Sanders Complete Fitness Podcast. These podcasts are all designed to help us understand each other a little better, come together as a community, and just spread a little bit more of the love. Um, in these episodes, we have various guests talking about different subjects that some of you may know about, some of you may not, but hopefully you all leave with a better understanding of them. Uh, if you enjoy them, please pass them on to your friends, and I look forward to any comments you'd like to leave. So let's get into today's episode. Hey everybody and welcome to the 50th podcast of the VSCF podcast, previously known as the Unorthodox Trainer podcast, previously known as me rambling into a microphone. So to get to 50 uh, episodes is pretty pretty special actually for consistency wise. Um, it's a bit of a milestone which is, which is kind of awesome. Um, so what we're going to talk about today in this episode is kind of a recap of where things have been where we're going to go, the launching of the architect program, which is what I've been building. And then we're going to hit into a subject that I've been kind of covering with um, clients recently. So it's going to be a bit of a smorgasbord today uh, of everything going on. Um, if you are watching this, as you will see that my even my notice board is not safe. Um, there have been rainbows drawn on it and all sorts because, of course, my children have to help me with my admin work, keeping me sunshiny and rainbowy. So some things that have been happening so far. So the gym that I work at has been moved, upgraded exponentially and has opened. And if you are listening and you have injuries or you are wanting to find a new place to work out, you want to re-inspire yourself, this is the place. This is, this is, I, I get absolutely nothing from plugging this other than the fact that I enjoy it working there so much more now that I didn't enjoy it before but I tell you what now with all this stuff it like with the injury recovery stuff that I do just the, the range of machines that make it so much easier to help people get back into movement is phenomenal the variety you would be the main thing is to enjoy it right you should enjoy all the exercises you do and this place lets you do that so that is my thank you to dream fitness for, for building this place and I, I know how much work went into it so it's been um, very nice to finally see it come to fruition uh vscf personal training is moving from strength to strength we are doing very well if you are interested in personal training both online and physically do let me know we have spaces available now because of um reshuffling of bits and pieces and the other thing the really cool thing that we have now launched which is now up and running which you can now uh, subscribe to is the architect program and i'm going to take some time to talk about that now so the architect program has been about eight months in the building. I know that you would have known from other podcasts that we've been working on things. There's that promise that we're building something, something big's coming, and now it is here. So the architect program, in the best way that I can describe it, is a gym for your mental health. It is a collection of well-put-together videos discussing the various topics of mental health broken down into different sub areas so that you know you can you can navigate your round easily and these videos are based on conversations I've had with people like you every conversation every video that is made is based around a problem that I have solved with somebody or a problem that somebody has come to me with and there is a very almost 99.9% .9 possibility that if this person's had this problem, somebody else has. And the, the, the main things we try and tackle in the architect program are 
availability. Because it's online, you can access these videos at any time. They're always growing. I'm constantly adding new ones in because problems, unfortunately, don't stop. Um, we will be getting other coaches in involved in the program later on to deal with slightly other aspects of health and fitness. But right now, the main thing I wanted to plug was the mental health gap. So it's availability. You can access it anytime. Once you're logged in, once you have a subscription and a membership, you you are in. You're in. It doesn't matter when you want to access it, middle of the night, middle of the day, at your worst time, at your best time, it's always there. And that was one of the biggest problems that I was coming across during the lockdown, which is what kind of brought this into fruition, was that it was so hard for people to find the help they needed at a time that they could get to it. Now, you know, everybody's, depending on your mental health condition, sometimes getting out of bed is, is just not impossible till past midday. And if you can't get an appointment by that time, you're never going to get any help. Whereas now it doesn't matter. You know, the, the whole point of this is that from, from a just getting started point of view, which is usually the hardest part for most people, availability is down to when you're free. It doesn't matter when you want to check these videos out. It doesn't matter when you want to message in the Facebook private community group that we've attached to it because it was easier to do it that way. You can put it out there and leave it and, and somebody will get back to you or the video will always be there for you to watch. The next big thing was affordability. It costs the same as a gym membership. It's £300 for the year or it's £25 a month. It's, uh, no, sorry, that doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, like the, the, it works out the same price as a gym membership and it's affordable we didn't want it to be out of anybody's reach we have to cover costs otherwise i do it for free but you know i have to i have to pay for all the servers and to have all these videos up ran and everything else and the more time i can spend on it the better it will get so you know it it also people what we also have found and what i found in the past is that when you put a value not a price, but a value on things. People will actually take it more seriously because if it's if it's uh, there's so much free stuff out there that people aren't taking advantage of. Not because they, they maybe don't want to, but it's hard to value something that has no value, right? So that that's what we did. But it's affordable. You you are not not going to be able to afford it. I can guarantee you that. And there's a 14 day free trial as well, so you can try and spam as many of these videos as you want. The reason that it's unique is because nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is taking this much time to build something like this solely for this that has everything else built around it, or I haven't found it anyway, neither have any of my team that have been helping me market all of this. The other thing is is that you you need access to this stuff repeatedly, right? Most of the time, mental health is repeating the same message over and over again, having your counsellor, or in my case, me doing therapy with people, me turning around and saying to somebody, you know, we spoke about this before. Don't worry about it. We've been we've we've covered this. Let's remind ourselves. Now, when you have it all in video format, if one video speaks to you and you need to play that every morning before you go to work, before you get up and deal with the day, because it just makes you feel like you can do it, that is what it's about. You know, you don't have to get you don't have to save a text message. You know, you can just listen. You can just you, everything you need is you can watch it a thousand times, you'll never wear it out. You don't have to, you know, you, the, the, one of the other problems that people come up with is like, I'm sorry, I'm always messaging you. Oh, I feel like I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm taking up your time. You can take up a video's time. You can watch it as many times as you like and it will never not have the same message. And I'm, you know, that's that was kind of the, the problems that I'm trying to solve with this architect program have been based on all the work I've been doing during the lockdown and moving into mental health. So I'm very, very proud and excited about this. So, you know, by all means, if you, I'll put a link in the description here. If you're, 
listening to this on or if you've seen the, the little headliner thing on social media if you go to the link in the bio on instagram on either on this page or the architect program's own instagram page which will you'll find that the vs complete fitness page does plug a little bit the architect program but it's mainly the personal training fitness mentality side of things and the um architect program so it was very much more on the mental health and mindset stuff so either way in their link trees in their bios is the link to use the 14 day trial you just go straight to the checkout and click 14 day trial and just make sure that if you don't want to carry on afterwards which i'm kind of confident you won't but if you do you just make sure that you cancel it out because it's all in there but it won't cost you anything for the 14 day trial it just is easier to get you through to the checkout and pick it there rather than have 700 buttons that you have to try and find so that's that's been it and and now what we're doing is just trying to make it better so you know with anything it was it was good enough to launch. I was happy with it. I was I was really happy with everything that was set up, ready to go. And now we just keep working on making it better. And that comes from you guys. You know, the more you guys use it, the more feedback you give, the better I can make it. The better later on down the line the coaches can make it. So this is going to be a very interactive space. It isn't going to be a case of I tell you what you want to hear and you just have to deal with it. You tell me what you want to hear, and I will make it happen. So it, it's been good. It's been it's been hard. It's been a really hard. It's been hard to, to figure out making sure I had everything that I needed. The process was easy. I find making videos easy. The The team have done most of the work and they've been absolutely amazing. So a massive shout out to MPT Consulting, who are my consulting slash coaching. They coach me and they also do my work for me. So all the developing and stuff. So, you know, they've, they've been amazing doing all the legwork for me. It was just making sure that the idea was uh, where I wanted it to be. And... Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. And I'm I'm kind of happy that we've got this far and now we can just work on, on making it better. So that that's kind of an update. First, first 10 sharp minutes of where things have been going is where we're at. And, you know, again, if you want any information on it, just message me and I will happily either jump on a call with you or, or send you some information. So what I wanted to talk about today, and this has been coming up quite a bit, is when does putting the socks up, sucking up and dealing with it, and just moving forward become not enough? What I mean by that is when it come when it comes to moving forward from a bad situation, um, th- there does come a point where it is on you. Uh, it sounds harsh whenever you say it and you don't say it straight away, but you have to irk out the reasoning and the quote unquote excuses that, you know, you're putting in front of yourself as to not move on that, you know, I've asked people, like, why are you stopping yourself from being happy? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there isn't really a sound reason why we're not moving forward, but for some reason you're holding yourself where you are. And kind of combines under two things really one is support it's very easy for somebody to turn around and say you just got to suck it up and move on all right pin the grenade though because how do i know what direction to move in what happens if i get knocked back i'm kind of scared to do this these are all very legitimate reasons because you know you you leave one end of excuses as to not do it and then what happens is you jump into this massive frying pan of potential disastrous outcomes that make you feel like not wanting to do it either you know as as i've said in previous videos 
as much as it's nothing ventured, nothing gained, it's also nothing ventured, nothing lost, which is the other side of things we're going to come into. So if you're, if you are the one telling somebody it's about time you moved on, it's about time you moved forward, isn't it time you got over this? First of all, unless you're going through something, you will not understand how actually negatively impacting those statements are, especially that shouldn't you be over this by now? It's, it's irrelevant. Grief, pain, misery, anxiety, all these things, they have, they have no, there's no dis distinct timeline of how long it lasts. Everybody has their own process of moving forward. And, you know, also the other thing is if you're going to, if you're the one making a bold claim, like it's about time you, you know, you moved forward and took control, you've got to help them because this person clearly wants to take control. They want to move on with their life. They, they've told you or they've expressed that they are unhappy with their current situation, yet they haven't managed to get out of it. And there's probably a reason for that is that A, the support group they have around them isn't as supportive as they need them to be, or more importantly, probably isn't supporting them at all, which is why they're stuck in this situation in the first place. Or it's not actually helping them move forward. It's merely saying that you can't continue doing what you're doing. And there needs to be a transitional assistance somewhere. So for me, it's easy for me to turn around and say, this, look, we're going to get you out of this funk. We're going to start pulling you out of your, you know, this misery that you're in, but I'm still here. I'm going to help you do that. I'm going to put places, things in place. I'm going to put processes in place with you that will help you cope as you move forward. I'm here if you need to call me and we need to talk, which is why when I'm talking, you know, doing what I'm doing with my clients, they're never out of contact with me so that when they're trying to move forward, if they do get knocked back, it doesn't put them completely on their backside. Or if it does, I pick them up rather quick and we keep moving. The other thing is, as I said earlier, is the whole nothing ventured, nothing lost. Nobody likes being miserable. And that's been proven in science. You know, people are less interested in being happy than they are in not being miserable. Oops, sorry the sound guy um so you will you don't want to be miserable but the thought of change for most people in this situation is so terrifying that sometimes they'd rather stick with what they know even though it's making them unhappy it sounds very counterproductive and it is but that is what we're dealing with I'm going to come up another bit later. I'm going to talk about um, another little dip into men's mental health as well. Because um, I've had conversations with um, friends who are doing other counselling things. And it's, it's an interesting clash of ideas. What you think should work. And how you think the logical mind should work. You've kind of got to throw out the window when it comes to mental health. If logic prevailed. And if normal rational thought processes were king and taking over people probably wouldn't be in the bad state they're in so when somebody is actively trying to keep themselves in a state of misery it's not usually because they're happy being unhappy because nobody is they're just terrified of changing anything because this is all they know especially if they've been like this from uh, impressional age, from like young adult to teenage years. Sometimes childhood trauma can work its way out as you get better experiences as a teenager. But if you've had a traumatic teenage life and into early adulthood, 
this is all you know. And we like knowing what we know, good or bad. Because we know it. The unknown is terrifying. This is why you don't like going out in the dark. This is why going to new places can scare you. This is why meeting new people can be terrifying. Job interviews, etc. Because it's new and you don't know it. And the trouble is, is when you see somebody repeatedly falling back into the same patterns, it then takes a moment to go, hold up. You're not happy being where you are. You're trying to change, but you always come back to where you were. Now, at some point, two things have got to happen. A, it must be identified that you're clearly so terrified of change that even the uncomfortable sounds comfortable. <coughs> Excuse me. The other thing is that you've actually tried everything in your power, in your wheelhouse, as it were, in your remit, to fix the problem, and you haven't found a way to do that. Or it's gone wrong every time. So you think, well, clearly I'm not supposed to change, I have to stay miserable, but you know what, it's never been any different, so so what? That breaks my heart to hear that, because it means that basically what you've got to the point is that you can no longer try and get out of this bad situation under your own power. You need someone to come in and help. Either it's do the same thing again, but with a different viewpoint, maybe have something to catch you if you fall. This again is why I built the architect program, because at least it gives you the start of the guidance that you need to be able to feel brave enough to go and do these different challenges and changes and... If you fall, you can go back and rewatch the video and maybe take something different from it. And if you get stuck, we, we there's a group chat and, you know, you can always message me. Anybody can message me. If you're listening to this, if you are stuck, just message me and we will sort something out. This is the issue we're facing because everybody who claims to understand mental health but clearly doesn't will turn and say, well, you're only putting yourself in a situation. Yeah, okay. Yes, in theory, true. But why? 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 If you if you hate where you are, that you can't seem to leave, what's stopping you? If it's outside influences, we've got to scrap them and bin them off. If it's something internal, we have to address it and go, why are you stopping yourself from going forward and doing this? This is all I've ever known. For instance, not quite as severe as a mental health thing, but it's still a mental health thing. Um deviating from a job plan covid did one massive thing for all of us which made us no longer stuck in a desk job if you have a laptop and an internet connection everything you used to have to do at a desk you can pretty much do anywhere in the world right there's a really good book called the four hour work week which will show you how to hack your nine to five to make sure that you're actually doing less work than you used to before for the same amount of productivity and money the other thing is, is that, you know, everybody started working from home now, yet we still want to confine ourselves into a desk. Now, as it goes for me, yes, it's all very rich for me saying that I either do my recordings here in my studio, but that's because the setup works for me. If I had to work nine to five in an office space, I'd be out of my garden because it's outside, it's fresh air, or I'd have a standing workstation, I'd make sure I moved around. At the end of the day now, for most parts, if you've got a phone with an internet connection, a laptop, you could technically be anywhere. But, you know, never mind this talk of liberation a lot of people won't do it because they feel obliged to be sat at a desk in front of a computer now what 
we're using this as a context for us to go, you could change everything about your surroundings. Why are you sat inside pining about being outside when, I mean, literally in my case, my back door's here. I'm touching my back door, right? I could go outside and use my laptop to do this. As it goes, this works out better for me, you know. But for a lot of people, they sit there pining out the window, wondering like, oh, I just really wish I could go sit outside and do it. There's nothing stopping you. But because it's all you know, it's because it's all you have been told is acceptable. For somebody to come in and say, why don't you just change it? Seems like the most outlandish idea possible. And this is what happens when you're trying to take somebody from a bad place and put them in a new one. They they wanted to move and try something different, but they don't, they've never been told it's possible. People around them have said they're not worth anything. People around them have said that, you know, you'll never amount to anything. People around them have not encouraged them or it's been very double-edged encouragement. They've always wanted something back for their encouragement so it doesn't feel like anything. It feels hollow. And someone comes along, usually me, who says, let's just do this. And they go, what? I was like, well, you want to do it? Let's go do it. If I can't, and you think, well, hang on a minute, you've just said you want to do it. I've told you there's no reason why we can't, but it's because you have it ingrained into you that this is this is the way it's done. That is a statement that winds me up with mental health anyway. Well, this this is not the way we do things. Well, clearly the way we're doing things is fucking shit. So we're, we're still having a problem with mental health. So maybe we need to just start doing some weird outlandish stuff and see what works. If you find yourself at the moment listening to this and you think that's you, it's probably because you're stuck in this mindset, well, this is the way it's always been, so this is the way it sh- it's always going to be, surely. It's not. Everything can change. Everything can go from bad to worse. You know, better strength to strength. We can take setbacks. We can go through. The difference is knowing exactly where you are, identifying where things can go badly and identifying things where things go really well and then knowing what happens if either of those happen. Because if success happens, it's terrifying. If failure happens, it's confirming. And that's a really dangerous knife edge to be on. But that is the way of the world, unfortunately. If you fail at something, it confirmed that you, quote unquote, weren't good enough or that it was never going to work anyway. If you succeed, you think, oh, God, that actually worked. What do I do now? What do I do now? I don't know. I don't want to do now this is where having somebody around to say, okay, well, what do we do if it goes well? Say this all went exactly how it should have done. What are you going to do? And they might go, I have absolutely no idea. You go, well, best figure it out then, right? So that's that's actually what a lot of CBT is. It's actually taking you through the process and going, right, if this happens, what do we do? What is your current coping mechanism? What would you like to do? Does this work? Does it not work? Has anybody ever noticed you doing this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, on the men's mental health side of things, um, this was an interesting conversation I had with an ex-client and very close friend of mine, actually, we still keep in contact and go for walks and out for dinner and stuff. And she's working mental health as well. And I made this point, as I previously stated in the Men's Mental Health Podcast, if you haven't listened to it, please do. I've had amazing feedback from men and women alike saying that this has really helped me understand myself, my son, my husband, my brother, etc., etc. We, as men don't talk the same way that women do and women would like us to. Now, I go into more detail on that in the previous podcast. The interesting part was is that I, I made this, this statement um, to my friend and the reply I got, whilst true, is in fact the problem 
with the situation as well. Her reply was, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. We, th They need to do more for men's mental health. And where we're going wrong with that is, is that you're not trying to work with what you've got. You're trying to change it already. And the problem with that is, is once again, you know, it just so happens that, you know, this tends to happen more with women rather than men because women are much better communicators than men or they communicate differently, should I say, was, well, that's not good enough. Men need to do more. We need, it's like, yeah, we do. But you've also got to work with what you've got first. There's no point running before you finished crawling. And right now, men are about a walk. We're not crawling with our ability to talk. We're just not running in the direction that somebody wants to take us. And this is the interesting thing. And it's the same theory of mental health is that it's not good enough. No, it's not good enough. It really isn't. But you are better off working with what we've got first and slowly adding adaptation in rather than going, that's not right. You need to do this because it's too big a jump. So we've done videos before uh, on the concept of the zone of proximal development, right? ZPD. So if there was, um, imagine a dartboard, right? Or an archery target. The center is you right now, your comfort zone. Center is, is where you're at. Everything is as it is. Nothing changes. The red ring is everyday challenges that don't really test you. You know you can deal with them. No adaptation happens. Then... If we, if we use the archery target, there's less colours to worry about. You can go to the black ring, which is challenges that cause you to develop because they're just out of the difficulty level that you're used to dealing with. So really good way to explain the zone of proximal development is with children. When we talk to babies who have not developed any kind of mouth motor skills already, we, we baby babble to them. We make mama, da, da, ta, ta, ya, hi, hi. Because you know the baby wants to communicate with you. You know that the baby's not going to be start reciting Shakespeare to you, which is why you don't bother talking to it in full sentences. You're just trying to give it simple things that are challenging, but it can manage. That is the zone of proximal development. You make it just hard enough or just challenging enough that it's possible to change, but it's not so difficult that it goes over your head. So that's the white ring of the archery target, the final ring. It's too hard. You're just going to go back to what you know. And at the moment, what we're doing with all mental health, not just men's, is we're going mental health. Right, we've, we've come to this revelation that mental health practices right now are not good enough. Yep, correct. I 100% agree with you on that one. But rather than going, okay, across the boards, so let's just go men, women, children, three, three main groups. What are they doing right now that is working? What are they doing right now that's not? 
how do we improve what's not whilst keeping them in the realms of what's working? There we find the zone of proximal development. What we've decided to do, which in our way is what we do, because... Oh, the computer's going mental here. Um, yeah, sorry, computer just had an absolute meltdown there. Um, yeah, so that, so what we're doing is is going. This isn't working. Bring in something new. That's not good enough. And everybody who was just kind of getting a grips of what was working has gone. Whoa. Um, this is too new. I can't work with this. I, I can't change this. It's like me turning around with somebody <coughs> who. For instance, has never squatted before. And rather than going, right, can you repeatedly get up and down out of a chair? And I'm just going to make that slightly more efficient. And you go, yes, because I get up and down out of a chair quite often. So I know how to relate to that. Instead, me go, right, barbell on your back. Off you go. Find your squat position. It's too much. Yes, that's what you want them to be doing. Yes, that's better. But the jump's too big. And it was just interesting to see that because of the need to change the approach we have to men's mental health and all mental health, we've gone past the point of trying to get gradual changes in. Little, little bits, little bits here and there. Okay, well, we know men... Like to talk in groups and we know men that are task orientated and, you know, can we try and bring these two together? So, for instance, you know, we could do like a crafty workshop or, you know, uh, you know, some sort of small, you know, mental health dark night or something. Where there's activities and skills where men can like kind of help each other and stuff and then slowly get talking and build trust. Because trust is a massive one as well. That one of the biggest things about men's mental health is that we perceive other men that we don't know as threats. Can't help it. It's it's wired in, and that was the thing that made my friend pop up. She goes, "Well, it's not good enough, you know." It does so so what? And I said, "But you can't just change societal and you know genealogical evolution. It's how we're wired. You've got to ease." people out of thinking that way now the trouble is is because of humans being being humans being you're not really going to change that aspect what you need to do is create more opportunities for men to create friendship groups where they feel like they can trust somebody to then open up there's been a lot of decline of that recently over the last 10-15 years which is why i think men's mental health has suffered also the other reason is is that men are task orientated as i said before if they do not know what the solution to a problem is. They are not going to talk about it because they have nothing to talk about. We don't. My other half on many occasions has said to me, what's up with you? And I'm like, well, a few things. And she's like, well, do you want to talk about it? I was like, no, because I don't know how to fix it. So that what, uh, once I've figured it out, I'll, I'll tell you. But, and this is, again, why I've said men aren't great at listening to women talk about problems because women don't necessarily want solutions. They just want to talk about it. And the first thing a man tries to do is find out what the solution is. Where do I need to fix something for you? And you're like, no, I just need you to listen to me. And the guy's brain's going, we need to go plane the door down or something and fix something. Like there's, there's got to be a, a, a wardrobe that door needs tightening up. But it was just interesting to hear the term. And, and there wasn't anything wrong with it either. 
it was true that it wasn't good enough. But it's like, well, what's your alternative? How, how do you intend to change this? Because you can't just radically push something else in because nobody's going to take to it. And this is why the architect program is it's, it's not a big jump. Um, I'm going to keep referring back to it now because it's such an easy thing to do. The architect program isn't a huge jump forward, but it is at least a step forward. There's no point making something so big and new that people just won't relate to it and won't use it. Making something that can be described easily, it's a gym for your mental health. Something that can be used easily. It's just videos on subjects of mental health that are going to help you get through your day to day. All of a sudden, you may start paying more attention to it. You may find that these videos get you asking more important questions and actually finding answers. The community group will make you feel more comfortable talking to potential people or asking questions about mental health. It's not radical and it's not big. I want it to become radical and big, but that will take time. You've got to work with what we've got. And what we've got at the moment is a service that unfortunately is hard to get seen with because it's under stress. We have monetary issues. People with mental health issues are not finding the help they need for a reasonable price because it is expensive because there's a lot of work that goes into counselling somebody. So we need to try and figure out a middle ground for that. Therefore, we take these problems, we make a little step forward to go, okay, well, if we bridge the gap here and here, there's a lot of other gaps that need bridging, but right now people will just start walking over these ones and then we can make it bigger and later on. But this is how it has to move forward. Anything that happens, any progression should happen at a slow and steady pace because then you can keep up with it. If it's just constantly getting a little bit more challenging and a little bit more challenging and a little bit more challenging, or even better, it stays the same level of challenging but over a long period of time and you're seeing incremental improvements, that means you're learning and you're evolving. I've had clients this week that have had really major breakthroughs and I'm so unbelievably proud of them because... It's been a hard run, and this is where a lot of this podcast is coming through today. It's been a hard run. It's, oh, it's never going to get better. Well, this is just the way it is. And I get why you feel that way. I do, because you've never been believed in before. You've, or any any belief that was put forward to you was always at a cost. There was always a price to pay for someone's praise or help, which taints your ability to trust people. You don't think you're able to do it because you've never managed it before on your own. You know, I had some clients say they're like they're not worthy of a good life, and that's just absolutely heartbreaking because you 100% are. The difference is, is that probably the steps that you were making to change your current situation were just a little bit too big because misery breeds impatience, and this is something that you will hear a lot in the videos on the architect program, and it's a lot of the things that I say to people. It's like when you're miserable, you are impatient as fuck. Like you, and, and, I, and I use that as an objective term, like there is a level of impatience that comes with misery that is unparalleled by anything else. You will do anything to get out of your current situation. And what usually happens as well, and this is another scenario that comes in, is that you fantasize the end result and skip over the work it takes to get to that end result. So you go, well, if I just have this, I'd be really happy. Okay, cool. Maybe you will. How are you going to get there, though? What do you mean? Well, it's going to take a degree of work to get to this point. Oh, I can't do that. It's not that you can't do that. You'd need help doing it, 
or it would take you far longer than is appealing to get out of the misery. And so this is where the issues come into play because you're stuck in this horrible loop of going, I want to get out of my situation. This would make me feel better. Hang on a minute. The work I'd have to do to get there is not going to get me there quick enough. Therefore, I'm always stuck in this position. When actually, still have those goals, but either A, break them down into far easier, smaller chunks and step-by-steps. Again, zone of proximal development. I want to... If I was rich and famous, I'd be happy. Most of the time you wouldn't be, but let's roll with the classic, okay? If I had lots of money, I wouldn't have as many issues, blah blah Okay, how are you going to make that money, though? We're going to have to work. Ooh, that doesn't sound appealing. Nope, doesn't. Or we could go, what do you want to do? What do you enjoy actually doing? Well, I'm quite doing this. Okay, can we find you a job that does that? Well, yeah, I guess so. But I'd never get the interview. Can we get you better at interviews? Again, all this this is taking one idea, being quote-unquote rich and famous, which all anybody actually generally means, even if we just go on the rich part, just means having more money than they have now, not wanting to struggle. That's what it is. You don't have to be fucking rich. You just have to be slightly better off than you are now, right? So you work out how they're going to do that. We actually do this. One of the modules in the architect program, the power stone that we have, is designed to help you be better at moving forward in business and in life and making sure that you can get what you want because you know we should all be getting at least partially what we want you know you can't have everything true but you should be able to have something so you work out what it is you actually need because you have to bypass the misery at least jump forward and go whoa cool your jets a second yes i like where you want to go i like that you have an end goal you do realize it's not going to happen that quickly. I'm not going to both smoke up your backside and tell you that this is going to be an easy ride. But I can help you make that ride smoother if we do X, Y, Z. And then we manage to subside the misery. Because you are going to be impatient. You are going to think it's not working. You are going to think that you know, you're know you stuck in this current situation. It's my job to make sure that you stay on track and to be honest with you and to keep you motivated. You know, if you're not doing that, that's on me. That is on me. Like, yes, okay, there is a degree of all power on your part, but, you, you know, th this is where most PTs fall short of the mark because they, at some point, they will blame you for lack of motivation. And what you have to realise is that unless you want a model client, you're not going to get that from people. Some people that come to you, like, the trouble is physique coaches... And there is nothing wrong with physique coaches. I have no issue with them. Other than they try to take on clients that are not for them. The average Joe is not a physique client. A physique client is a very small part of that population that has decided they are very dedicated and want to radically transform their body for potentially the reason to go on stage or for whatever, or for whatever. Now that's fine because you can work with them. You can push those people hard. Hard and fast. Great. Average Joe person, probably not so much. Their motivation will wane. You will probably find they're carrying more baggage than you think. And most trainers, in fact, near enough all trainers, um, as again in my area, at least I'm the only one that deals with mental health to the degree I do, are not prepared to deal with that lack of motivation. Now, there are some good ones around that I work with that are actually really good at sticking around and getting you through it regardless. Like, you know, they're always happy and jolly. They are wonderful people. But at some point, you need to fix the problem as well as just, you know, being able to get people to turn up. And it usually is because 
at some point this person has used up all their willpower. They really have. They have been trying so unbelievably hard to change their dynamic, to change their situation. And it is, it's not working and they are tired and they are impatient and they just want you to fix that problem. And the trouble is, you don't know how deep this goes. You go, Look, yeah, it's fine. Just give me 12 weeks. I'll transform everything. And you, you're hitting week eight and shit's not happening yet. And you're like, oh, you don't want it enough. And it's like, they do. You have to change your game. And it's like, as I said to one of my client yesterday, I was like, if you're not getting the things you need, support and stuff, I said, that's on me. That's my fault because I told you I give it to you. I have to make good on the promise. And so that's what has been happening pretty much consistently through the last eight weeks and stuff. And it, it's just, and, and eight months and, and, and the building of the architect program with clients and everything else. It's just, it's constantly trying to make good on that promise. And also at the same time going, hang on a minute, I got to fix this, but I've got to do it in a small step. It's got to be something that people can just transition into nice and easy. Maybe refer a friend to, it's not too imposing. They can dip in and out as they want. And again, all of this stuff seems like very simple stuff, but it's not getting done. We're trying to make it over accessible all the time. We don't have the infrastructure to do that. We're trying to make people talk because they should talk. Not if the mechanics aren't there to talk. You've got, you've got to work with the individual, not with society. This is the trouble. Society wants everybody to talk. That's fine. Societal evolution has a longer history than societal change. And those are two very different things. So... Evolu the evolution of man, essentially, especially did in my manliness podcast, is men have always had a very clear job. They've had a very defining role. As society has changed in the last couple of decades, really, probably from this, uh, the last century, okay? I mean, it's radically changed in the last couple of decades, but from the last century, things evened out. The trouble was... The evolution of man, and I know they say like, well, you know, those those men aren't around anymore. I like, no, but that that's, doesn't matter. It's still in here. It's still in your makeup. That evolution, be it society or, or biological evolution, because they are, after a while, become the same thing. You know, it is very difficult to just turn around on a dime and go, oh, well, no, society says this now. Society says you should do this. And you're like, I'm sure it does. Great. But doesn't mean it's going to happen and we have to work with the system and the processes in place tweak them slightly to just push them into that zone of practical development without doing a long jump out of it going that's where we all want to be yeah great we'd all have to be there but you've got to allow people to catch up as well um thanks for listening guys 50th podcast it's kind of crazy uh we are going to return with the pcos stuff very soon i've got competitions coming up with clients so look out for their progress we've got the uh, the nationals in two weeks time up in manchester all things going well so i've got a couple of guys competing up there which will be pretty awesome the new dream fitness is open go check it out if you're local to the area like really do check it out if you're looking for online coaching please ask i am more than happy to oblige with that if you want to check out the architect program i'll put the link in the description in the podcast and you can check out on social media links and buyers as well go and check it out 14 day free trial binge watch all the videos i hope they really help you any feedback is clearly welcome and if there's any videos you want added in then do ask but we are going to be back on track and flowing in fine form i apologies for how long it took to get this one out 
there's just been a lot going on. It is one of those things. So it's good to talk to you all again. I hope you're all doing well. And if you're not, please reach out and I'll do what I can to help you. Speak to you soon, guys. Bye. And that's the end of today's podcast. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, good or bad, we'd love to hear from you because it always helps us improve or to keep doing what you enjoy hearing. We will be back soon with another episode, so stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so you know where it is, and we'll speak to you all soon. Bye.